darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of clout and terrorize because of the drought. And whosoever shall be found without the wave is going to drown. Must stand and face the hounds of your TL or rot inside the corpse of Twitter jail. The foulest stench coming from the bike. The funk of 40,000 likes and Snapchat ghouls from every tune are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your favorite podcast starts to load, but no mere mortal can resist the evil of the road. I know y'all was digging, you know, digging the epic, the epic uh, intro that we had there. If y'all, if y'all want more of those, just hit us up. Just hit us up. We trying to get creative. We trying to get creative for y'all, the audience. We love, we love all the feedback, and we just trying to, we just trying to have fun together. You know what I mean? Anyways, what's good, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, because this this episode gonna drop on Halloween. So what's drop good? Halloween special. Let's get it, boys. First Facts. of many people. But exactly. no, we, we feeling good. You good, Brandon? Of course. I'm at, bro. That was fun. About to take another sip of that cup. <laughs> you gotta get my voice right. I gotta get my voice right, bro. <laughs> Alright, you good, Joe time? Yeah, you know. A little bit better now that Brandon did that intro. It was kind of fire. I gotta give it to him. Uh, <laughs> might as well get the ball rolling then. Go ahead and take the mic then, B-Rock. Hey, man. Not much as usual as far as music, but... We all was looking forward to this. Well, I feel like Chris is looking forward to this. <laughs> Your boy Kanye West dropped Jesus King, Yandi, whatever whatever album this is, this go around, and it was very critically acclaimed, as expected. This man been on a press tour, been doing car, uh, been doing uh, karaoke on planes with his his Sunday service. Been having having media runs with Big Boy, media runs with Zane Lowe. Everybody's been criticizing this man. I heard the album like twice. You know, anything Kanye puts out, I'm going to listen to it regardless. That's my guy. But Kanye tripping still. And this album ain't it. I thought I thought Chance's album wasn't going to be it. Uh, well, the, I thought Chances I was going to be the Ain't It album of the year. It's like, I'm wrong. Jesus is King, Ain't It. And I love Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. But the album Jesus is King by Kanye West, Ain't It, bruh. I don't know what this man is going through. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I feel like he's using Jesus as a security blanket just so nobody can down him right now. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm gonna go into it in depth, but I, I need to hear something from y'all. What y'all think about it? 
just how you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first while you gather your thoughts for this, Chris. Okay. Uh, very rarely do all three of us come to an agreement. <sighs> I got to agree with Brandon on this one, people. This album was not good at all. I heard the first 40 seconds, and I was like, you know what? I I'm going to just skip ahead. Let me go down five songs. I was like, maybe th it's not that either. I went down another four songs. It wasn't that. I, was I skipped to the last song, people. It still wasn't it. <sighs> Kanye disappointed me with this one. He, he really did. I thought it was going to be better than it actually was. This was just a sad day when I played this entire album. I couldn't add one to my playlist. I really did try, though. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's a no from me. Go ahead, Chris. What um, you got to say? Yeah. Uh, finish up that, Brandon. Uh, kind of like what Chris was saying a few weeks ago. He Like, when you was mentioning, when we were talking about Sunday service, and you were just like, mm -hmm. I got a bad feeling about this. You feel like it's a cult, basically. I still get those vibes from this album alone, like, I mean, of course, there's highlights because it's Kanye. He gonna do his thing on the production side. Right. Everybody loves the intro. Everybody loves the song "Follow God." I don't really. I like the song uh, "Use This as Gospel" with the clips because you know yeah. the clips is the clips is classic. Pusha T and his brother Malice mm. having them on the song. Like, of course, he gonna get my attention with that. But Chick Fil A closed on Sunday. Chris Cohen, just take it, please. Uh, all right, boy. Let me break it down to you. As you know, I've been the avid Kanye fan since day one. And I have been on air saying that Kanye has hurt me with this recent run of events that he's gone through in his life. But I'm a respectful person. And maybe I'm too respectful to my own damage because I have this thing of when people put like the name Jesus behind something, I don't fully like. In my mind, I can be like, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's good. I think it's trash and everything. But I'm not going to outwardly say that because in the reality of everything, it's like, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know your relationship with Jesus or not. So I'm not going to tell you what you're speaking is like BS or whatever because I just don't know. I'm going like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm to let you live, basically. I'm, I'm going to let you do you, and then we're going to find out. And that's kind of the approach I took with this Kanye thing, like the whole Jesus is King album. Just listening to it, I didn't. It don't get me wrong. The album is bad. The album is bad. Mm -hmm. But I did listen to it from an aspect of this is kind of like his whole. Pretty much, he's just talking about his connection with Jesus. It, however weird it sounds, it's like shoot, the Bible is showing weirder things, right? right? So I'm kind of like, I mean, if it's true, it's true. If it's not, it is what it is. I'm not one who say what it is, but I just listened to the album in the aspect of he's just saying his like he's speaking his personal experience. So. I'm not really one to say whether it be yours or not, but I didn't personally enjoy the album. So, but if it's the album that gets him in his higher place, then yeah, you know, have, have your album. I feel like he's using that, like, because remember, he's been on a whole don't judge me tandem. Yeah. With all these times he's been, like, you know, canceled in the culture and whatnot. And he's been addressing cancel culture by itself. He was like, in, a, uh, in the interview, he said that, you know, I was canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Which was a like he makes a lot of good statements in his interviews, mm -hmm. and I I only listen like I've been hurt by Kanye so much, but I continue to listen to his music because he explains himself better through music. So that's my only like mm -hmm. thing with Kanye. I feel like he explains it like his music is his best articulation. Mm -hmm. So with this, I don't know. It just seems too sporadic, and I'm not saying there's like a certain place and time you need to have a relationship with uh, Jesus or 
you know, find a relationship with Jesus, but it just seems too sporadic to me. I, like, it just came from nowhere. Like, the Sunday service I did came out of nowhere. People were seeing if that was, like, legit or not. And I don't know. He's He got Jesus on the merch, and he's still, like, you still got to pay, like, $1,000 just to buy the merch. I'm like, bro, I don't know, bro. It's, it's something to this. It's something to this. It's something behind it. It's, it's, a, it's a method. It's always a method behind the madness. I'm just trying to figure out, is he trying to fool me or not? Right. Mm. But, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. He got another one coming on Christmas, well, apparently on Christmas Day yeah, called Jesus. Jesus is, yeah, Jesus is born. And that that's another thing. Everybody who doesn't even, you don't even have to know who, you don't even have to know Jesus like that to know that Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. So, mm-hmm. what you doing? I mean, you ain't nothing for that. Like, what? The Temptations got a whole Silent Night remake of whole, all Christmas songs. Like, what? You gonna have to judge everybody that dropped a Christmas song then if you gonna judge Kanye for it. No, it's the, it's the fact it's called Jesus is born. <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry. It, it, it's once you once you give me the reason to be skeptical, it's clip. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't blame you, bro. Because the Temptations didn't did the Temptations didn't drop no gospel album, <laughs> so that's different. They were just they never performing what everybody else was doing. Right. There's plenty of people that do drop like new music or albums that's based around the Christmas theme. But we talking about gospel, Chris. This is held to a different standard. <laughs> it's automatically held, and that's what, I think that's what people aren't expecting. Like, or I, more so, I don't think that's what Kanye was expecting. I think he was expecting just to drop, and people take it or leave it. Like he, his, like everybody, like his other work. Like mm-hmm. people listen to Ye, didn't like it, took it or left it. But it's the fact that he intact gospel album on it, and that's what changes everything. And he has this whole rollout with all the Sunday services and choir and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and like he said, Life of Pablo was a gospel album, and that was a damn lie. So, <laughs> he, he talked about God on one song or two, maybe. Like, nah, bro. He, he's just real, he's real good at like playing with topics that people are kind of scared to give their full opinion on. Like, yeah. album. Uh-huh. It was like, because if you give your full opinion on, like you said, it comes off, it comes off as, you, as if you're judging. Yeah. And then no one a judge, because like I said before, at the end of the day, it's like, well, shoot, I don't know, I don't really know. I'm just saying my opinion on the matter. Right. But you know, everyone wants to be in the safe zone with everybody, yeah. which I get. But also, I feel like some things should that be, safe zone to be broken. That safe zone got to be broken sometimes. Yeah, but for certain things, I think I don't know. I just think the things Kanye play with, he just play with all things that you can't really break that for. Um, except yeah. for like, I say. Mental health is one of those things you can break down that for. But, like, the whole, like, Jesus gospel and everything, no one's really going to break down the wall for that because no one knows what's the line between asking a question or playing with God. Facts. Mm-hmm. So no one's really going to go there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this is, like, you know, Kanye is, like, the, the, the guy when it comes to switching up his music style yeah. every time he drops an album. But, I don't know, man. He's going to take some heat for this. But like I'm a I'm a walk back if if all of this is genuine and that's something I would never know I walk back everything I said but <laughs> the album as a whole still isn't for me and I and I listen to Jesus jams I listen to my gospel music I listen to Christian rap but so in that and looking in that like aspect this this album ain't it chief this album ain't it chief which is strange to say because it's like can you call a gospel album not good 
Yes. See, yes. that's the thing, though. But like, he's not doing it for us. He's doing it for God. Like, right? why, like so can you uh, say like, we, it's not good? Why can't you? Why can't you? Like, of course, is is the message getting across? I mean, maybe that yeah. part can be good. <laughs> but at the same time, we can judge music for what it is. If yeah. the music ain't good. You can definitely judge music for what it is. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. But I mean, like, from his standpoint, like you said, if it actually is genuine, I mean, like, can we say it's bad or good? Yeah. <laughs> I, said, yeah. I, I said I personally didn't enjoy the album. I just said if it's, like, his yeah. personal thing that describes his relationship with Christ, then kudos to him. Yeah. Because I, like, I believe if, if that's him, if that's his uh, if that's his new avenue of, like, praising, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say his album is trash. I'm going to just say it's not for me. There you go. I love mm-hmm. the words. So, yeah, um, that's that's pretty much that pretty much wraps up the segment of music, bro. It's, <laughs> it's, it's literally nothing going on. I uh, hopefully we got we get a few things this week mm-hmm. coming out. Um, I know Black is dropping a few things, so oh we'll yeah, see. we'll see. But we got to be quick. That's just one topic. Facts. Right. And keep that same energy later. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. We're going to talk about my sports world real quick. You know, in the NBA, it's been, it's been a pretty good week for me. You know, last week we was on, that was, uh last week was the opening week episode, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And you know, my Lakers took the air. But we've been back this week. We above 500. We were 3-1 right now. And uh, AD also had a monster game last night. Had 40 points, 20 rebounds. Ridiculous. Well, he went like what, 27, 27 free throw, 26 or 27. Either way, he broke the record uh, previously held by Dwight Howard when he was on the Lakers in 2013. More of the story, it looks like the AD trade is paying off way more than I thought it would be. This man clearly can take over a game at will, as we saw last night. Although, the Warriors haven't been doing so good. I, I personally been feeling good about that. I don't know. Yeah, they've been getting a taste of their own medicine <laughs> for the past five years. They have been mollywhopping everybody in the league. Guess what? It's y'all turn. What's good? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I've seen the argument. I am for one who will say Steph is a Hall of Famer. Steph deserves all the credit that he gets right now. But there has been an argument saying if Steph doesn't take this Warriors team to the playoffs or whatever, or he doesn't succeed with this like uh, Warriors team, then it should be a discredit to his legacy. Do you agree with that? That's not fair. Because <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely, it definitely won't hinder it. Because mm-hmm. like, his performance alone and what he did by himself in the finals was pretty much Hall of Fame worthy to me. Mm-hmm. Cause he he had nobody. He Katie was out. Clay was out. Draymond wasn't the same no more. But he was he was trying his hardest to like you know fight back against the Raptors. But nah, Steph definitely got it. I know that people was talking about that because Michael Jordan said something about it. Mm-hmm. But Michael Jordan is an owner. Like he can't say that really any is. current player is about to be. Uh, you know no. he's he's you know he's just banned from saying anything. Mm-hmm. So. You can only take Michael Jordan's words so lightly because, you know, he can't really say that. So sorry. No, I'm just kind of with Brandon on this. I feel like you can't take that away from him, especially when the man was playing, like, full 40 minutes by himself. Like, everybody was dead, like Brandon was saying. This man was literally running up and down the court, handling mm-hmm. his own. That's kind of hard to do and take over by yourself. So, I mean, like, kudos to him for even attempting to keep the game close. In my opinion, he had the best rebrand of all time. This man was known for... 
ankle injuries for like the the latter early parts of his career. That's all we knew about Steph was ankle injuries. Now it's more than that. So agree, agree. Well, anyways, I am enjoying the Warriors taking these L's currently. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I do have Steph on my fantasy uh, basketball lineup though. So although they're losing, he's been doing good. So that's always positive for me. I think that's about it in the NBA. On top of that, Clippers, Lakers are sitting on top of the West. Who really cares about the East? Because come finals, the East is losing. We all know that. <laughs> so keep moving on. In the NFL, we had a little rumblings early on with some Utah votes saying that Aaron Rodgers or the Patriots called him. He'll be willing to go to one of those teams. I know Brandon is an avid Usain Bolt fan. So, what they talking about? Hey right? man, hey man, that would be nice to see. Like this man has the forty, uh, the forty yard dash record. He's six five. The fastest person. He's faster than everybody on the team. But I don't know if it'll convert to football speed with them pads on, bro. That's not, that's my only doubt. He's thirty three years old, so. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to think about. It's a little like, you know, what if athletes played other – what if LeBron played tight end? It's, it's just one of those moments. Yep. But will it happen? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, I don't see that ever happening. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, maybe you can be like a Megatron slash Ted Ginn slash Tariq Hill. You never know. He makes more <laughs> money than – he makes more money than he would ever in the NFL already, so. Of course. I'm basically just chilling and then running with me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It'd be a good scenario to see, though. Well, not really a good scenario. It would be an entertaining scenario, to say the least. There you go. It'd definitely be yeah. entertaining, at least. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. We're at the midway point in the NFL season. We reached past week eight. Tell me, guys, who have been, who your standouts have been so far, who have been the disappointments, and what expectations you got for certain teams or players going forward. Whoever want to start, feel free to take the mic. Josiah, take that thing. I guess I'll start this one off. Uh, standouts, you know I got to start with off of my boy Aaron. I predicted earlier, before we even started this, you know he was going to have a good season, and he's having a great season, MVP level. So that's one of my standouts. Besides him, I feel like there's a lot of like people we didn't expect to do good or expect to even show up or people who just show up out of nowhere, like the tight end for the Oakland Raiders, the Darren Waller guy. Man came out of nowhere balling out. So kudos to him for being that nice. Uh, some disappointments. My main one is just Odell. Besides the Jets' entire franchise, including front office and owner, it's Odell. Odell has basically just disappeared. This man used to be considered an elite receiver, and I don't know if it's just because of Baker being that bad or if he just, if it's just him, to be honest, because Jarvis Landry is still doing pretty all right for the most part. So, yeah, that's my biggest disappointment with that. Expectations, you know, uh, that's the hardest things to ever predict. But I'm assuming, you know, this will be the week that one of the 7-0 and teams will actually take a defeat. So that's one of my expectations. I don't know who is going to be as of yet, but one of them is losing this week. So, uh, uh, I'll tell you that. Huh? I was about to ask, who the 49ers play this week? If any one of those? I don't know. Uh, I'll check. But ahead, uh, my standouts... For wait, go ahead. No, I don't go remember. Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my standouts uh, for the season so far, pro- it's a backup quarterback, bro. Teddy Bridgewater has been doing his thing since Drew Brees has been out. Like he it, he's been five and zero since they've been starting. So, and I, isn't isn't Drew Brees back already? Yep. Came back mm-hmm. last week. Oh, okay. 
Bold so hey, I'm gonna shout out to Teddy Bridgewater because he been do- he been holding he been holding the gate, and also my 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 man MVP Russ MVP Russell Wilson. All he has is a running back for real. We got well, we got Tyler Lockett, we got DK Metcalf, but we were always expecting him to do things that he's doing right now. Like I believe he's leading the league in touchdowns. Uh, our tight end is currently out, uh, Disley. But and without having a, a decent defense, I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of MVP rest right now. No offensive line. Exactly. Um, as far as disappointments for the season. Honestly, and it, there's there's still time to make it up. The Browns organization as a whole, obviously, but the Texans should be number one in the division. They should the the Colts should not be leading the division. Like no, that should not be happening right now. But I think they just got to get the offense together. They keep having injuries. Their defense is a little shaky. Um, their running backs are pretty solid, but they're not really getting them over that hump, which was expected because you just have. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, so I feel like when it, when is Lamar uh, Lamar Miller coming back? Is that any time soon? Next year. Next year. Yeah, he, he's done. Done. <laughs> Dang, I, I feel like if he was there, they they would definitely get over the hump and be in the league leader or the division leaders. Um, but hey, Deshaun Watson playing his butt off. He he got kicked in the face yesterday and scored a touchdown. So yeah, I saw that. Crazy. Yeah. And expectations, um, I'm still seeing how things play out. Like, of course, we got the battle of the undefeated teams. Um, I'm a, honestly, I'm expecting. I, I gotta say, I'm expecting the Texans to win more, at least win more games. <laughs> they got to. That's my AFC team. That's my AFC team. So they gotta win more games. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. For me, I'm going to have to piggyback off Brandon with the standouts. Russell Wilson has amazed me every season. MVP Russ. Every season this man amazes me, and I don't know how he does it. Like you said, I've never seen someone who – this man doesn't complain at all. He never complains about who he has at his old line. He doesn't complain about what weapons he has. He just go out there and play, <clears throat> and he makes it work. Like, outside of Brady – I don't really see too many quarterbacks who are willing to put up with the things that Russ has put up with as far as, like, the personnel he's had on his offensive line and everything and the protection mm-hmm. and still go out there and put his team in position to win and potentially make playoffs and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to give credit to Russ there. Also, a little honorary mention, I'm going to give it to also Aaron Rodgers and Christian Caffrey who's been balling out their minds this season. Uh, my disappointments, I'm going to go with Cam. I expect mm-hmm. Cam to have a better season. Well, he's clearly been hurt, so he hasn't been able to do anything about it. But I, coming into the season, I kind of expected a bounce-back season for Cam. Put his name back on the map. Put his name back in that conversation. Just hasn't happened. But outside of him, I'll say Odell. And is there one more player? Matt Ryan has been playing terrible. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's... Oh. You know what? Go ahead. yeah, go ahead and throw that right in there. That man had I've <laughs> I've seen what he done for your fantasy team, Brandon. I'm sorry. Two point six points? Come on, bro. He that's got hurt. disrespectful. He got hurt. I mean that's that's not like an excuse. It my is. Nice. Oh. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I was talking about the side, quarterback. The side quarterback still got mono. Hey, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on us. 
<laughs> but yeah, other than that, I think. And for Odell, his situation in Cleveland, I think he kind of falls more on Baker. Mm. And, and a lot of these teams are kind of doubling Odell in a sense. Like, they're not really giving Odell much room to work with because they know what this man can do. And so Jarvis Landry is kind of reaping the benefits of a team focusing more on Odell than him. I get that. But it's just like, you know who else get doubled, though? Julio, DeAndre Hopkins. He's hey, also okay. shorter than him, though. Hey, that's his problem, bro. <laughs> wow. That, like, that's really your problem. Cool. Like, way shorter than them dudes, bro. Yeah, I just, I just find, like, situations like that very hard to blame the receiver. Mm. Like, it's very hard to blame the receiver. Like, if he's if he's having, like, problems like Stefan Diggs did, yeah. like, like Stefan had problems early, now he balling out. So that was clearly his fault right. or whatever was going on. Mm. But Odell, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like I think it's a combination that whole both. organization. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yes, it's yeah. an organizational problem. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. I, I would say the Browns got time to figure it out, but let's be real. They're not doing nothing this year. Nah, Ravens already on the It's over. It. Yeah. But that's about it. Ain't really much else going on in sports this week. Uh, I want to say, do we have any games to look out for this week? Do the Lakers and the what? No, I don't think they play this week. So, no, no major things to look out for this week. Patriots going to end this week with another W, going to next week undefeated still. Hopefully the 49ers take an L because I've still been in this, what, seven-week-long battle with Trayvon about who's going to lose the first game, and I need those bragging rights. So They play Arizona, bro. I just looked it up. <sighs> <laughs> another week. <laughs> another week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. You know, miracles happen, don't they? Yeah. So I'm looking for that. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the popular topics of the show. What we got going on, Josiah? Well, first and foremost, y'all all know that John Witherspoon passed away yesterday. If y'all don't know who he that is, which I'm sure you guys do. He was uh, the voice on Boondocks, Friday Franchise, The Waynes. He did a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, like Brandon said, that one hurt a lot because it's yeah. really unexpected. So, shout out to his family and everyone who knew him, his friends. So, Wishing the best of luck for them. But there's some other stuff going on with some popular topics we got. The NCAA football could be returning pretty soon. Should it return, though? If the athletes get paid. Then, yeah. See, that's the other thing. The ruling does say they can get paid. Then, by all means, bring it back. Bring it back, put their names on the jerseys and everything. Okay. All right. So I just don't know, know man. I don't know about this ruling, bro. I feel like it's going to be some... some Segways, some it's gonna be some it's something behind it, bro. That is not really beneficial to people, cause that's oh, a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot of money they gotta pay. To not, a lot not of different they, people. Not that they don't have it, because they sure enough they do. do. Yeah, yeah. But shoot, I'm it, it might work, bro. This could be EA's like big break when you think about it, because they're terrible when it well not so much Madden, mm. but like they're terrible when it comes to like NBA Live. Yeah. So like they they recently just got NBA Live Twenty just got canceled, so like if they kind of you know make their wave as far as the NCAA basketball games again, this could be their niche because people might pay for it. So let me say we'll have to see. We'll yeah. definitely have to see. 
<clears throat> if these other states don't hurry up and piggyback off of California, passing that bill, it's going to be a lot of students enrolling in California schools. Right. That's all I know. More money for us out here. UCLA about to get real popular in 2022, 2023, or whenever that bill drops. Hey, only time will tell, bro. Only time will tell. Hey, I'm going to tell all my homies back at Webster. Capitalize off of this <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, they better get their money after these years of Howard Aubrey that they've been doing. Facts. I definitely agree with that. So let me kick it back off to Chris for his state the issue. So Chris, what is your issue this week? It is time to state my issue. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, it's not really an issue. It's more so a question. Uh-huh. But my question lies with you guys. What do you think is the difference between something that is morally right and wrong and what is socially right and wrong? And how do you yourselves find like the median in your everyday life of balancing like with your morals and what's like socially acceptable? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boy got heat on a weekly basis. Come at me. Okay. This man hit us with a life question to state your issue. Okay. Yeah. Switched it up on us. Brandon, you want to start with this one? Yeah, I'm going to take this first. Go I got to get my pen and paper on for this one, too. Oh. So, all right. So, you know, you said moral and socially right. So, we got to we gotta realize what's moral and what's social. <clears throat> so, my intake of moral is you will participate in something, whether it be people around or if you even by yourself, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, would you do this if you by yourself or if, or if anybody's aware that you're doing this or, you know, would you feel good about yourself, you know, if you did this, committed whatever act, you know what I'm saying? And socially, it's just like, you know, what's humane? What's good for society? What can you do, like, you know, in the public, in the public eye and get away with? So... Um, so that's my difference. Honestly, I kind of broke that down kind of quick. I didn't even realize I did that. But <laughs> uh, there is a difference. I feel like morally, morally right is is more like it's more important almost because it, it 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 looks at the bigger picture almost. Yeah. It looks at because morally or socially right can be within the crux of morally right. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. But socially right is the only thing that gets seen. Publicly, mm. I mean, sometimes, but even what's con- what's considered socially right isn't always necessarily morally right. In a sense, like for example, the abortion topic, for mm-hmm. like that's pretty much being changed now. People trying all abortions like illegalized and everything. But you know, the whole notion before that was abortion. You can have an abortion. You know, people can make that choice. But mm-hmm. the whole conflict came. What is this? The, the whole conflict comes between the church of saying that's not morally right because you know that's it's murder since you're killing the child and everything like yeah. that but right. then it's always the other side of the argument like well you don't know the situations that certain women have gone through you don't know the stories behind everything yeah, yeah. like I was saying earlier you just don't know so they're always so someone going through that for instance if a female is going through that she's conflicted on you know the moral side of it and then the social side of it. So if you look at it through that sense, I'm kind of just basically asking if you're basically come, if you came to a situation, I wouldn't say necessarily like abortion, but just something that puts you in that seat of where you're conflicted with what's moral and what's socially acceptable. What do you more so lean towards? I feel like nowadays it's hard to 
based off what other people's morals are because you don't know where their morals are based from. Like, because you said, for example, you said church, but not everybody's like for the church. People formulate their morals based off or what they experience opposed to like, you know, a higher being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, you got to find out where the moral lies first before I, you like jump to conclusion by anything else. I think everyone's morals always start. At, I mean, your morals always start at home from your upbringing. That's yeah. Really- you learn the basis of your morals and then pretty much your morals are really basically just what your parents learned and everything so it pretty much just passed down morals and everything like that yeah yeah it's kind of hard because just like it's like you said it's people's upbringing but people are so diverse when it comes to upbringing especially nowadays because people don't even whoop their kids no more so exactly <laughs> it's just hard to really factual and they're not socially right no more exactly <laughs> but morally you gotta whoop that kid mm-hmm yeah, Mor- morals are very lucid nowadays. They're very like, they're very. There's a lot of gray areas when it comes to morals, but instead of matter of fact stuff or like stuff that is law, right? You know what I'm saying? Because people don't even think the government is moral, which exactly. to to some cases that is true. Mm-hmm. So the justice system, yeah, <laughs> doesn't have things that are morally right in the justice. So system. It, mm. when it comes to morals, it's like gray areas everywhere now like we say this 15 years ago i would have gave you a clear answer because like everything was straightforward even though if it, even if it was wrong yeah. <laughs> to a sense like but it's like you know everybody followed it because that was what you know that's the law or whatever yeah just how you guys feel so it's just a gray area for me yeah that's kind of what i was going to touch to is that gray area type of thing because like moral and social almost run like hand in hand what we're saying like pretty much today because like like Brandon was saying, like the gray area, that part of society today, like you really don't know like what is wrong and what is right anymore. Like you might have your moral that's saying this is right, but I mean society's gonna tell you that's wrong. So where exactly do you find yourself in the middle of that and what way should I guess you should answer that question? I guess it all depends on the person you are, you know? Like you can't look at what society says in that given situation. It's kinda like what do you feel is the right answer you should be taking at that point? And that might be the wrong answer. But I mean like at that point, like, is your answer right or wrong? You really don't know. But is your answer? That's pretty much all you could do. So essentially, it's inevitable. Either you yeah. gonna go against your, you gonna go against yourself, or you gonna go against, or against the world. Else. Yeah. It's either you or the world. <laughs> there is no in between. There's no agreement that you can possibly have. I don't think with that. So, <laughs> so what do you think you choose on a daily basis? I think it all depends on the situation, like you were saying. There'll be some days, and you know, I stick to my guns. It's always going to be my morals. But there's other days I'm like, well, maybe this is the right thing to do, but this is not going to be looking right. <laughs> hey, man. Some, yeah, I agree. I, in this case, I'd probably say morally when I got to be strict to my rules and my morals personally. Yeah. But, um,. And if I get dragged for it, I get dragged for it. That's just the rock I decide, I decide to die on. Yeah. Yeah. I rock with it. I rock with it. Okay. Right. That's pretty much all I want to know on my statement. Hey, we got to make this segment just Chris's statement. Chris's issue, your statement. Because <laughs> he'd be having the most. He ain't got a lot of his mind. Issue. He ain't got a lot of his mind. That's what I come with. So, y'all ain't got an issue this week? Just make sure. 
Nah, this was nah, all yours. Straight, bro. You good. <laughs> all right, once again, your boy Duke here with the issue. I'm here every week. You know where to find me on the Rogue Ones podcast. Let's get it on rolling. Josiah, what we got next? All right, well, kicking it back to me for the TV and film. I know y'all heard about this animatic reboot, or maybe you didn't. Yeah. Animatics people is coming back. I'm thinking the Hulu. That's why I've been seeing it. So it's been a lot of reboots going on the last couple of years. I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but hey, they might work. But there's another reboot slash TV series that might be happening. Green Lantern, people. Ooh, Chris, I saw the face. But before you say that face, the person that's writing is the same person who does Flash and all the CW shows. Ooh, but before you change that face again, he's actually the one who worked on the original Green Lantern movie. So how do we actually feel about this? No! <laughs> how do we actually feel about this? Let's give him another try. That's what I said. Hey, second time. You learn. Time? You learn from your mistakes, yeah. bro. And, and he's obviously doing good with the CW. Could this be the time he can create a good Green Lantern? Could it happen? But he just got too, he just got too much money and didn't know how to spend it, Chris. Give him another chance. I've never been too sold on the Green Lantern anyway. Like out of the DC universe, he's not even in my top five of favorite. Not even my top Whoa. ten. Whoa. Oh, he's not a top five or top ten. I'm just saying out of my favorites, he's not top five or top ten. I'm about to say. There's a whole core of those people. Exactly. That's why I don't really rock with Green Lantern, because it's like it's a whole core of you. So it's like we don't really need you. Like you're just like you're you know, you're just here. It's ironic. Yeah. You're basically a clone. Yeah. Pretty much. It's, it's more of you know, yeah. you're disposable. So that's my whole Green Lantern, but I didn't like the Green Lantern movie. And if they're still doing the same Green Lantern that's based off the uh, same story that was in the movie, I'm not interested in seeing it again. They're not. I, apparently, the TV series will be revolving around his adventures with the core. So I guess it's more like them as a squad going out places, saving the world. I'm not exactly sure, but that's what they're going to be basing it off of. And I'm pretty sure it's live action if I read it correctly. I mean, I'm gonna give it a chance. Yeah, especially because the writer on it does the flash and stuff, yeah. so I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. I can't make no promises, but and it's on mm. HBO, so hey, you, you never know. I guess, I guess, well, I'll let it ride. Okay, okay. Well, there you go, people. For that, well, we got something else to talk about still. Arrow and Flash, the review. So, Chris, how you been feeling uh, so far about this? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Insert. Arrow, you might want to fast forward right now to, I don't know exactly when yet, just fast forward till we're out of this conversation. Now, Josiah, what would you say? How do you feel about Arrow and Flash this season? Arrow is amazing. Mm. Did you see the, you saw the last episode, right? Yeah, I'm caught up. So with the whole him going back to Nanda Parbai, him and Thea linking up. That episode, I say, so far, I mean, it's only three episodes, but that's definitely been the best episode so far this season, at least to me. Mm. I enjoyed I enjoyed the episodes most when uh, Oliver's either having scenes with Thea or I say Thea, Laurel, and I guess I got to throw John in there now since Felicity's gone. So Thea, Laurel, John are my top three favorite people to see Oliver have a scene with. So to be able to see to be able to see them connect again, see how where Thea's been and how she, you know, just pretty much got into her whole shenanigans with the uh what they're called? The the, the Thanatos uh guild or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was interesting. The only thing I didn't really like about the episode was the whole Thea pretty much becoming the head of the league and her changing the league from the League of Assassins to a League of Heroes. I, kind of, I get it. I see why she did it. It makes sense. But in the grand scheme, I was just like, don't the League of Assassins like have to be a thing like in the DC universe? Yeah, like they're a necessary part of structure, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like they definitely have to be a thing. So that's when my whole beef against, uh, beef against that was. But the whole ending scene, you know, the whole, what, the time travel, the future ended up in the past. Oliver's back in the bunker. He sees William and Mia all grown up. That's an amazing cliffhanger. I can't wait till next week. Mm. Uh... I don't know. It's just lit. Pretty lit. Yeah. But if you got anything to say about that, let me know. I'll let you talk about Flash since I know you really want to talk about that one. Yeah. Just because Flash is like all the all the CW shows, this one has been my favorite, and this has basically been like one of the best seasons. Well, I can't say it's the best season so far, but it's been one of my top seasons, just the way it started so far. Uh, this last episode of Flash, it, it, it really hit the heartstrings. I'm not going to have no spoilers for this one. Y'all can watch it yourselves, but... It's some touching stuff in there, even though we already know what's going to happen. It, it still, like, made you feel some stuff. But this has just been an interesting concept for the season so far. We haven't actually even seen who the actual villain is yet, but there's been so much stuff going on. And I just really want to see exactly how they're going to continue with this story and how it's going to lead up to everything happening in December. So, I mean, as far as that's concerned, man, it's, it's been lit. People got to really get on the show. It's been good. <laughs> I just, I like Flash. I really enjoy this season. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy everything that's going on. It's just hard kind of get, it's hard to get too emotionally invested in this season of Flash just because you know the end, we know the end result already. Yeah. Like, we so clearly all the emotional aspect of everything should be geared towards Arrow, especially since it's the last season, so there's already an emotional aspect to it, given it's been around for, what, this is the eighth season now. Mm-hmm. So, it has that, then you know Oliver's about to, you know, meet his maker and die. So Arrow has all the emotional pull to it right now. Flash is still very good and especially if you watch the episode, the scene between Barry and Joe, that seems very amazing. I like pretty much like I said earlier with Arrow, how like Oliver pairing with certain people. I like Barry pairing up with Joe pretty much out of everybody else on the show. Yeah. Every now and then Iris is good. I think him and Iris are really good together when they're disagreeing. I understand that. Yeah, those scenes are really good. Or if, like, Barry needed comforting. Those two scenes, I think they make a very good pair. But, yeah, like you said, Flash has been really good. I'm excited about the direction this season is going. Can't wait to see who the, like, the overarching badge is going to be in the season for the Flash, since we already know it's going to be multiple villains this season. Uh, So, looks like we're going to have another lit one. I wish Arrow was going to be as long as Flash, but we can't get everything we want. But CW, they're on to something. And I'm glad you touched on, like, people need to at least get throw some of that sympathy towards Arrow. It's kind of strange, though, because I'm like, they teased this, what, last season that Arrow's going to be ending, he's going to be dying and stuff. But they've been throwing so much emotional appeal in this last season of Flash. It's just like, well, we already know the end result, so why are y'all kind of, like, building this up for Barry type of thing? Like, I understand why, but it's just like, you know, why? So, eh. I'm still going to be excited to see what they do with this in the end, but, yeah, it is a little strange. I'll give you that. But continuing on, we have some topics people want us to cover, so let's go ahead and get into it. 
So the first and it's one. a special edition. A special edition. Yeah, special edition. No. It is Halloween for the people who won't be listening on that day. So here we go. The first question: Best game you ever played on any system, and the scariest game you ever played. <coughs> we'll start it off. Hmm. The best game I ever played. I would have to say Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2 on the PlayStation 2 is the greatest game ever you had in terms of Dragon Ball aspect every game the Dragon Ball franchise dropped that's top tier Mm. you had every character from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball GT you had this uh, destroyable maps. The graphics weren't even bad for the time. I- I'm pretty sure we go back to play that game now. We we'll probably say it's trash, but yeah. at the time, no graphics were top tier. No graphics were very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think just one game. I can challenge the homies in on the Saturday. They come over, we run hands all day. Just a good Saturday. That's one of the games I just remember playing the most. And probably my childhood from the time, probably around like fourth fifth grade up to like what six maybe mm. yeah okay you had a scariest game you ever played scariest game uh i ain't gonna fake it with you i don't really play scary games because scary video games creep me out way more than a scary movie could ever scare me because yeah. you're in it you're being immersed in it <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, I tend to stay away from like scary games. Well, I mean, like suspenseful, suspenseful games. I play Friday the Thirteenth, so I guess that's as scary as it's gonna get for me. Mm-hmm. I don't partake in the Resident Evil series and nothing like that. Okay, what about you, Bren? What you got? All right, so best games I ever played on any system. That's crazy because I had a lot of systems. Your boy had the GameCube, PS2, Xbox 360, Xbox One. I gotta say the first Arkham game, Arkham Asylum. I I, find, I always find myself going back to that, um, and, uh, along with the along with the predecessor Arkham uh, Arkham City. Was it Arkham City? Yeah, Arkham City. But Arkham Arkham Asylum was that one. It just had everything. It was one the perfect Batman game with great storytelling, great fighter mechanics, great stealth mode. I gotta give it another point for the story because that story we I I expected it to just be one game, but they just made what it's been three games after that because they had three Arkham four, yeah. Arkham City, Arkham Origins, which was decent. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, Arkham Knight. And then Arkham Knight. So just what they did with the whole story has just been dope. It, it it that's that's probably any like of course single player. You know I am my storytelling my single player campaigns. Uh, so that's 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 definitely got to be it for my favorite uh, game. As far as scariest game, it's a couple. So either the new Resident Evil that came out, or the most recent Resident Evil that came out, uh, Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. That stuff is crazy. Um, I can't shoot. Can we count PT, bro? Like it didn't officially come out, but that was gonna be the reason why I was gonna get a PS uh, PS Four. I mean, that PT I game, I don't know if y'all remember that. No, no, no. It was the demo. The demo, yeah. brother. The demo of that was crazy. I watch it every now and then, but that game never pushed it came out. So mine is definitely between Resident Evil 7 mm. or um, 
Outlast. Not the second Outlast wasn't that scary, but Outlast one and the DLC was terrifying. Like one of my favorite commentators that I watched, X Chase Money, he straight broke his chair playing that game because he jumped so hard. <laughs> so, okay. and then the the DLC Outlast Whistleblower was scary too. It, it's pretty dope. Like all you, there's no fighting mechanics. All there is is a camera that you use for light. It's basically you getting chased the whole game. You gotta run away. That's all it is. But it's, it's great. It's a great game. Okay. Let me see. For me, I would have to say, I'll take it back to my childhood days. It's between Budokai Tenkaichi 2, like Chris was saying, and Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers is like one of those generation games. If you had a GameCube, like you had to have this game. It was an amazing game to have, especially to bring people over. So that's probably my top two, if not top one favorite game. And the scariest game I ever played... Ooh. See, Brandon Hatt is on to something with the Presidential uh, Evil series because they actually are some mm. scary games. So I might have to go with that. Other than that, I would have to say, you know, Friday the 13th is an actually pretty scary game. Only if you know you play it at nighttime. And if it's your first time ever playing it, you're going to be scared. I-, I can guarantee that at least. So, yeah, yeah. Those are probably my two favorite ones. I need more scary games to come out, bro. Like, Facts. It used to be a whole way. Like, they used to drop two. Resident Evil is a year almost. Yeah, they need to get back. So I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need more scary games to come out soon, bro. Battle Royale games took over, bro. That's the problem. Last two years, been all Battle Royale. We gotta try. We gotta try Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is kind of reminiscent of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, but of course it has Freddy, Michael Myers, and a few uh. Uh, like uh, original characters, so it's kind of like the same premise. Mm. It's all about escaping if you're, you know, like the counselor or the, you know, the survivor. Yeah. So we gotta try that out one of these days. It's pretty dope. Okay. You know, I'm always down for a new game. Sure. Let's see. So the next question we got. You wait, 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 I just wanted to throw Arkham City into one of my favorites. Also, Brain did remind me how great of a game that was. <laughs> Nah. Oh, just like uh, you could uh, what's it uh, was it, De- uh, De- with well, Dying Light? That's kind of scary. Bro. Dying Light, I guess it was a scary game, but it kind of reminded me of scary, like The Walking bro. Dead, just a little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I forgot about that. Dying Light is a good game, and the second one is coming out. So, yeah, that can be new. Let's see. Moving on to the next question: Top scary movie franchise in honor of Halloween. Shoot, we should just throw something out and just. Just have a conversation about them. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, you gotta throw Start in the Halloween series. Yeah. You gotta throw in the Nightmare on Elm Street, the Chuckies. Okay. Sauce. You got the sauce. The scream. Those, like goat tears. So you gotta throw those in there. At least from like, I say like the 90, 90 early two thousand goat tear scary movies. Okay. Those all in my list. I'll give you them. Shoot. Yeah. You know I gotta throw Candyman in there. They got a black man in a scary movie and he not being killed. Come on now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about uh, Jeepers Creepers. Oh, Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Creepers, yeah. That, that, that that's like yeah. one of the best series, the best series that came out like in the two thousands, along with Saw. I mm-hmm. honestly forgot Jeepers Creepers was actually a movie. To be honest, that was actually a pretty good series. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Huh? I'm gonna have to go watch that later. Thanks, Chris. But What's yeah, uh, Captain in the Woods. Did we count that as scary enough? It's not a, it's not a franchise. Yeah, it's definitely not a franchise. I just want to know, like, if we count that as a scary movie, it's like, is it scary? Enough, yeah, it was scary. 
Y'all seen y'all seen the y'all seen the Evil Dead series? I seen like yeah. one of them. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, it's it's gory. Yeah, as hell. So well, so is Saw. Like Saw is more gory than it is scary, but gore can be scary as well. Yeah, the gore yeah. is scary for Saw. That's what. That's the gift. When it came to scary movies, I didn't really like the slasher type scary movies as much as I did like the paranormal activity type of scary movies. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a scary movie that had to do with like a leprechaun or am I tripping? Yeah, it was. See, okay, that was like a scary slash comedy. It was majority comedy. Yeah, it felt like well, scary comedy is almost like Scream too, because that's what that is—a scary comedy. That and and apparently, then well, actually, when I think about it, both of the it's were kind of funny. Yeah. I feel like it is a comedy to me. At least it yeah. is to me. Especially because, I mean, the killer's a clown. I feel like he has to kind of have some humor in there. His humor is eating children. Yeah, exactly. Did <laughs> we throw in the Conjuring? The Conjuring series? The Conjuring, the Conjuring might have to be the GOAT franchise at the moment. Because they exactly. just got all the spinoffs. I'm going to say every scary movie that's coming out now is, like, connected to the Conjuring series. And you got Annabelle. Even, I mean, Insidious doesn't connect with the Conjuring, but shoot, they share the same actors. Yeah. Insidious, uh, I almost forgot about a woman in black. Oh, yeah. I do Overrated. Overrated. Yeah, that wasn't that scary to me. The first one was cool, and then the second one was just like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like you have a decent franchise if you don't have to, like, if I don't have to watch all the films. Like, mm-hmm. In a sense, Saul has a good story that you have to watch all of them, even though that story is convoluted as hell. Yeah. But, like, as far as Friday the 13th, you don't have to watch all of them. Like, you don't have to watch Jason Goes to Hell. Not you don't have to watch, um... Jason... You don't have to... Freddy Krueger, none of them. You don't have... You do not have to watch Jason go with, uh, Jason X when he went to space and, uh, the one when he went to New York City. Oh, that one pissed me off. Mm-mm. J- Jason Goes to Manhattan? Oh, my God. That was terrible. Now, if y'all looking for some vintage scary movies, y'all can always go watch, uh, whatchamacallit, The Shining. That's a pretty yeah. good scary movie. What about, yeah, uh, and, and then, you know, they got, uh, Doctor Sleep coming out, which is the sequel yeah, to that. which I will be seeing. We, we ain't mentioned Amityville Horror. Those are so underrated, though. Like, I really appreciate those films. When I, I watched those when I was a kid. Yo, the uh, yeah, the one I saw as a kid that scarred me and Trayvon for so long. Like that's probably one of my well, it wasn't my first scary movie, but it's one of the ones I just remember from beginning to end. And bro, I was yeah. so shook after that movie. The <laughs> ending always gets to me. I like I I'm trying to remember which one it was, but I just keep remembering like a that house was like on a dock or something like that, and they had boats and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one that is, but that 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 that's vivid in my memory. Mm-hmm. Is there any other words we're forgetting? Any honorable mentions? Um, if we was to pick a favorite, which one would it be? Uh, my favorite personally is the Conjuring between probably one and one or two. Uh, I would say either Saw or Scream for me. Mine is Saw because of the story elements, mm. but as far as like the slash and the actual kills, I gotta go with um a Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, well there you go, people. Those are our top picks. Something for y'all to do this Halloween. Check out one of these movie franchises. Watch them. Watch them all, actually. You got nothing else to do on Halloween. You might just want to do that. 
So we'll hey, see. shoot, they can they can drop their favorite Halloween. We got to put that as a poll. See if it, please respond to us. Please, yeah, we yeah. put up polls. Respond, please. Yeah, we'll put we want to hear we want to hear y'all interest. We'll definitely put up a poll. We'll even maybe drop a cover art or something and just give us like you know what's your favorite movie. So go ahead, drop the ball in the comments or the section. Y'all see it when it comes up. But let me kick it back over to Chris so he can go ahead and get us out of here. Oh uh, yeah, your boy back on the outro. You already know the show. You know the roles. B robbing the bank back at it again. Yes, Joe, Biden, your oh, boy. Yeah. You can find us at Rogue Ones underscore podcast on Instagram. You already know the socials. If not, you better go listen back to the other episodes because I'm tired of forgetting Brandis. So <laughs> with that being said, we are out of here. Thank <laughs> you.